on this episode, we're talking about staying fit with the Fit Pharmacist. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of the Core Console RX podcast. I'm Mike Corvino, and with me as always is Cole Swanson. And we have a special guest today. He is none other than Adam Martin, a.k.a. The Fit Pharmacist. Adam, say what's up. What's up, my brothers? Thank you for having me. Great to be in the Core Console headquarters. I uh, really appreciate you guys coming down here. And it's awesome to be live from Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we're glad to have you, man. So if you guys have not followed Adam on social media, uh, his, his handle is the, the Fit Pharmacist, right? At the Fit Pharmacist. Yes, sir. Um, he's got, what, what 11,000 people now on Instagram. Mm. And he's, he's got a lot of people <laughs> taking a look at what he's doing. And uh, I've spent the day with him so far. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see some of the innovative uh, things that he's looking at is doing in, in the pharmacy world. And... and in nutrition and physical fitness and all that. So uh, give us the, uh, the origin story, the, the, the rundown, how you came to be and how you got involved with all this. Certain. So whenever I was in pharmacy school, I really wanted to live my passion. And at the time it was fitness, specifically drug-free bodybuilding. I love the benefits that bodybuilding had because if you, you know, slept in, ate well, then you performed in the gym well. But if you stayed out late and partied, then your workout would suffer. And that would also equate to studying in pharmacy school. You know, if you slept well, ate well, you'd be able to study well, study longer, perform better on exams. But if you like, you know, drank a lot, stayed out, which, you know, happens time to time, but if you do that consistently, your results will dwindle. So it became a really symbiotic relationship of thriving as a pharmacist or pharmacy student while also thriving in your personal health. So that kind of got me thinking like, wow, I'm really passionate about both of these things. Um, there's got to be something more to this. So when I was a second year student, I met with the dean at the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy where I graduated from. And I said, hey, I really want to pair you know, fitness, nutrition with pharmacy, having a balanced approach. Like I want to mentor someone or like get into this. And she said, hmm, that's interesting. It doesn't exist yet, but that doesn't mean you can't create it. And I was like taken aback, like, whoa, like create a whole profession in a multi-billion dollar industry. Like I never even thought of that. But ever since then, it got my wheels turning. And that's where the fit pharmacist came from. The core belief is if we are functioning at 100% in our lives, we can then deliver better care to our patients, which will improve their quality of life. So it's more so leading by example, um, not looking a certain way or acting a certain way, but just putting your health as a priority so that you can better serve the patients. Awesome, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's great when you're treating patients and you can say, hey, I've done this and I've been there and I put the work in. You know, we need to fix your diet or fix your lifestyle. We need to get you exercising. Like, I can tell you how to do it and I could do it with you. I can be right there. So that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, having that experience really allows you to relate to patients on a personal level. And that's really what it's about. Um, so many times I see uh, clients that I work with uh, that are uh, clients of mine who have you know gone through the ringer of, of dieting, you could say. They've tried the crash diets. They've tried you know really strict, restrictive diets where they couldn't eat whole food groups. And it was miserable. 
And they would even say, like, man, that put the dye in diet. And it's like, well, that's not sustainable. That's not fun. So, like, if you're eating all day, every day, but you don't enjoy it or it's, like, depriving, that's not a fun way to live. That's not something you can sustain and maintain long term to reach your goals. So that's why back in 2014, I met up with Dr. Joe Klimzeski, who founded The Diet Doc, which has a very open approach to how to live a healthy lifestyle. It's not restrictive. It's not, you know, based on scam shakes or following a certain thing. It's, you know, a balanced approach. And it comes from what I call the triangle of health. So it looks not only at nutrition, but also at fitness, so physical exercise, but more importantly, the mindset component. Um, and that's really brought to the table by Dr. Corey Probst, um, who has a PhD in psychology focused on nutrition. Because 10 out of 10 times, if you have an issue with food, be it overeating, not eating enough, um, or just issues with your weight, it's not about food at all, it's about your mindset. So the psychology of nutrition exercise has a huge role, and that's really where um, we differ at the Fit Pharmacist is we take that approach to combine the mindset of getting on track for long-term success. So yes, some of these crash diets do produce results, but they're short-lived and not sustainable, and people don't enjoy them for the long term. So that's what makes this different, is it creates a system that works around your lifestyle rather than taking your lifestyle and flipping it upside down. It meets you where you're at and it combines nutrition with mindset and exercise paired with someone, like you said, who's been through the walk, does the actual things they recommend so that you can create that individualized approach to lead patients to success. So it's not really about a specific diet per se, like paleo or Atkins or something. It's more like changing your lifestyle in general and your diet and exercise is kind of going to fall into place when you change your mindset? That's what it is? Uh, in a sense, yes. So it really depends on the person. Yeah. So that, again, looking at the um, crash diets or, you know, I call them cookie cutter plans. So you have, a, you know, a diet like eat this, you know, have chicken and broccoli, you know, only vegetables. Well, someone might love to only eat vegetables, but if you have a patient that enjoys steak, you're going to tell them not to eat steak like they're not going to like that they're not going to mm -hmm. adhere to that and that they're just going to not trust you because you didn't take the time to get to know them so you know paleo that could be totally cool vegetarian could be totally cool but it depends on what the patient wants right and that's really where you have to meet them where they're starting at because everyone starts at a different place right some people you know they used to play football back in high school other people they they don't ever want to set foot in a gym and they're 60 years old and they have no intention right so it's meeting with them where they at, where they want to go, and then what their preferences are. And that's what we do with the Fit Pharmacist um, is meet people where they are, really get to know them on an individual, personal level, um, and really show them that care. That's, that's what sets us apart is we have that individualized approach to walk them through that whole process because it's a new thing. Um, and I always relate this to people because um, not just eating or diet or nutrition, but anything. If you try to start something new, in the beginning, it's going to be frustrating, right? Let's go down memory lane real quick. Let's look back to when you were a young kid, okay? And your kids are trying to teach you how to tie your shoes. Your parents are doing it while they're talking, doing something else, and it's perfect every time. You're trying to do it with focus and attention, and it's not working. And you're getting really frustrated mm. because you're trying to do this with focus and attention, but you see someone else 
who's doing it mindlessly while they're doing something else and it comes out perfect and they do it super fast. What you don't realize at the time is they've been doing this for quite a while. So it might seem like it's mindless, but they've had so much practice and experience that it just flows naturally. And that's kind of where we come in as clinicians is to guide people through that process, to arm them with the skills and pair them with the support we provide to lead them to the place where they can be successful. Right. So Adam, one of the things that I kind of noticed right away is I've seen people who are, are in this space before that, that talk about nutrition, they talk about lifestyle changes. Um, but what obviously stood out to me about the, about you personally is the fact that you are a pharmacist. So a lot of these, these, uh, coaches, if you will, or these nutritionists, things like that, they're not also a healthcare professional per se. So how do you think that that plays a role? Like if you have a patient that comes in, obviously anyone can benefit from lifestyle management, but, what about patients that come in with like several different either disease states or, or multiple comorbidities, um, whether it's hypertension, diabetes, whatever it may be, and they're not just dealing with, hey, I want to look good on the beach this summer, but they're dealing with real health issues. Do you think that the fact that you are a pharmacist plays a factor in your success with this program? Oh, absolutely. So I give tremendous respect to the other professionals in healthcare, nurses, physicians, um, so forth. But with pharmacists, we have a really unique approach because we are the most accessible healthcare professional. We are with all the other professions where patients are the most honest with us. We're their quote last line of defense. They come in, they can walk in any pharmacy, they can call any pharmacy and they get us right away. You try to do that with the physician, you know, you have to make an appointment, you have to go in one waiting room to the other and so forth. And that's just how the schedule is dictated, but they're going to be raw and honest. They're going to come in and talk to you and you know what their hesitations are. So you can't expect someone to put in work to commit to a schedule if you don't overcome their limiting beliefs, their barriers. And whether or not they're conscious of those things, they're coming to you and saying like, oh, you know, I don't want to spend this money or what do you think of this? I'm debating between these products and so forth. That's one aspect of value that we bring as pharmacists doing this. The other aspect is we're trained in these disease states. And thinking back to pharmacy school, it doesn't matter if it's cancer, heart failure, diabetes, you name it. In the treatment plan, diet and exercise is in every single one. And we have value with that. So we know the medications, right? We know the limitations. We know side effects that they can produce, things to watch for. So having that balanced approach of what medications they're on, how they work, how they can affect activity, paired with um, that, that knowledge and that experience with nutrition, and that training and that really merges a, a really valuable asset to lead the patient to health. Yeah, and to that point, um, I think with diet and exercise and lifestyle changes being so widespread and so ubiquitous, for pretty much every patient that comes into a clinic, the physician is going to have to say, yeah, we need to work on your diet and exercise, we need to work on your lifestyle. And they really want them to, but they have so many things to balance and so many important things that they need to address in what is an average of like seven minute visit it's really hard for them to get really down and dirty with the lifestyle and the diet and what changes need to be made. And it seems like that's a really good opportunity for other providers like pharmacists, like you mentioned, and also PAs and NPs, nurses, uh, dietitians, um, to really get involved and spend the quality time that the patients need and then have close follow-up like we see in a lot of the trials that have shown benefit from 
diet and exercise changes is consistent, close follow-up with the patients to make sure that they're adhering to the regimen. Absolutely. And I like to put it this way. We're not in a product business. If we, you know, if someone gets on a medication or dispense one thing or the other, you know, all things aside, we all obviously want the best thing for the patient, but we're not in the product business. We're in the people business. And I think that's what makes this so successful is because we get to know our patients on an individual level, really getting to know their needs and concerns. And whether or not they take this drug or another, we're not, you know, commissioned on that or anything like that. We, we genuinely have their best interests at heart because we want them to succeed because they're not just people. They're, they're our patients. Like we are responsible for their care. Um, and me personally, I take a great responsibility in that because like I said, we're there in, in many times their last point of contact before they take that medication, before they go home and maybe they got a 90 day supply and we don't see them for three months. So we have a huge impact and responsibility um, to communicate with that patient, to make the impacts that we have through our training and to really make a difference in their therapy. And that goes with pairing both you know, medication therapy management along with nutrition we have um, trained at the Fit Pharmacist. So that's really what, what the drive is behind with making this so successful um, and why I think it is such a value. So here you go, Adam. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because I know some people will say, well, you're a pharmacist. You've been trained by people who are under the influence, whether that's true or not, under the influence it's of Friday, it's Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> of big pharma. And so everything you do is going to be medication oriented and they're going to, you're going to just throw medications at people because big pharma needs to make their money. And you're going to come at it from that standpoint. Whereas someone who is doing uh, the more natural holistic, whether it's essential oils or whatever it may be for lifestyle management, that person's coming at it from a true well-being state versus someone like you. What, what would you say to somebody like that? I love what you said. And the key word is balanced approach. So regardless of what you're doing, whether it's nutrition, whether it's anything at all, if you're in one extreme or the other, that tends to be a conflict, right? So you can be, you know, all natural, but, you know, let's say, let's, let's play devil's advocate on devil's advocate. Let's say you're all natural, <laughs> okay? Um, you just got diagnosed with HIV. Are you going to take, like, lavender oil to calm the stress? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. So... It, it's not a, an all, all end all be all right and then on the other side like let's say you're like 100% western medicine based right um you know you want someone on only prescription medication okay so they're beginning of diabetes stage so metformin well we know that metformin decreases what folic acid b12 right so if mm -hmm. you do that long standing they're going to start having low levels of energy okay um other issues can come up so how are you going to do that? You can supplements, right? But if you're all prescription-based, how are you going to bridge that gap? So it's a balanced approach. It's not one way is right, one way is wrong. It's meeting in the middle. And it's interesting you say big pharma. And instantly when people hear pharmacist, they associate that with big pharma. Maybe because the, I don't know. Whatever, whatever the English term is, I, I didn't do well in that course. <laughs> but the beginning you know, pharma, of the word. pharmacist, there's a, a subconscious association there. But we don't, I mean, when people come in, drug reps, like, you know, I give them courtesy and, and time of day. But when they come in, Mike, we talked about this earlier. When they come in and they're trying to sell a, a patient, you know, or convince us to push a patient to take a $5 a pill extended release aspirin, 
when you can get it over the counter for a penny, it doesn't make any sense. We're not going to push that. We have no value. We want what's best for the patient. Both of the drugs are going to offer the benefit. One's going to save them a crap ton of money. The other is going to make some guy in a suit happy. That I don't like. It's not about that. It's about helping the patient. So we, that's another reason why we have that knowledge is patients will have um, prescriptions given to them. But a lot of times, you know, the doctor has great interest and they have great intent. But, you know, insurance companies, that takes a lot, a lot of time to look up. But that's one of our values. We can help the most cost-effective option for that patient. So we're kind of the, the mediator, I guess you could say, at getting the patient the best medication at the least effective dose mm -hmm. with the most cost-effective option. And that's really a role that I take seriously um, because if a patient can't afford something, they're not going to take it. And if they don't take it, that can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, and I mean, speaking to that, one of our big jobs, just going back on the, the pharmacist note, in medication therapy management is looking at polypharmacy and seeing what we can take off. We're trying to get people off medications if they don't need to be on them. Yes, extra money, yes. extra side effects, um, long-term morbidity and mortality with increased amounts of um, medications, especially with elderly patients. So we're not exactly, we're not just pushing drugs on people to sell them. We want people to get off of them and want what's best for them. So. And that's one, that's a great point you put up. And that's something that I've, I've noticed. I've talked and met with a lot of amazing pharmacists in all over the world um, through the Fit Pharmacist um, that, that I run is meeting pharmacists with different backgrounds, different life experiences. And almost all of them have the same belief that they don't like medications. They value that they have very strong power in helping someone's health, but a lot of times they're not first line, and it's not just you know push pills or sling pills to pay the bills or whatever it is. Like yes, we know medications, but we try to minimize that for exactly what you're saying, minimizing the pill burden, having the you know most effective dose possible without overburdening the patient with you know taking A B C D and getting out that what looks like a tackle box for their week um, instead of a you know pill organizer. So that, that's exactly it. And it's a very commonly held belief that people um, don't see is, yes, we're pharmacists, we work with medications, but ultimately we're not product people, we're people people. We help people to make the best decision with the training that we have as pharmacists to minimize what's necessary in order to get that outcome. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I thought that was pretty interesting, too, that you used the analogy of metformin or the example of metformin, I guess. You know, that's something that I would definitely say, I mean, I'm a little biased being a pharmacist, but one of the things I would see value in having a pharmacist in your position versus somebody who just knows a lot about fitness and, and diet would be something like if you have a patient coming in on metformin, you know, we know the new ADA guidelines recommend mm -hmm. random testing for B12 because metformin is so um, depleting of B12 because it depletes intrinsic factors. So your body is not able to absorb uh, the B12 anymore. And so if you have a patient that comes in and maybe they're complaining of neuropathy, mm -hmm. you know, someone who's not trained in medications may just attribute that to, just the worsening of their diabetes or whatever it may be. And, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And then add on one, you know, refer them to the doctor to get further medications where they could just take a B12 supplement and reduce some of that, that neuropathy pain just from something so simple. And that's a, a very small example, but 
being a drug expert would be something that that would immediately trigger in your head if you see somebody on that format uh, versus somebody who's more just on the fitness side of things or a personal training side of things may or may not be able to pick up on that. Um, they may have just never received that kind of training. So I, I, I think it's pretty cool that you're able to, to live in both worlds and do the training, do the fitness, do the diet, but also work with these patients on their medications, making looking for drug interactions, uh, looking to make sure they're not on medications that have no value for them. Uh, you know, that's, that's definitely very cool. And speaking of that, something that I've realized relatively recently is that, yes, like we talked about, we want to decrease the pill burden for patients, um, but prescriptions aren't the only thing that is a pill burden. Vitamins are still a pill burden. When people open up their, their um, organizer, they're just looking at pills. It doesn't matter what they are. So if they see 20 pills in there, but 13 of them are vitamins, that's still a pill burden. So, you know, or, I mean, or we, herbal supplements, or herbal supplements. <laughs> so we're, I mean, I think it, it should be, it's always prioritized to say, okay, they don't need this prescription medication. So let's get that off. But sometimes there are vitamins and herbal supplements that they probably don't need either. And, you know, I mean, if it's, if they're like really dead set on taking it and it's not going to harm them, you know, um, but if it potentially could harm them and it's just adding to their polypharmacy, yeah. Those calcium tabs, though. Yeah, yeah they, right. are they are delicious. They are. Yeah, it's like, you know, one medication can cause an imbalance and they need a supplement, kind of like, you know, the horse pill supplements, like, you know, they create pill glides. So you now, now you need that to get it down the sheet. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, Adam, man, what, uh, what's, do you have any, like, specific patient that sticks out in your mind? Obviously, you don't have to give names or anything, but just, like, the scenario or any, like, group of patients that you worked with that maybe had disease states going on that you were able to really step in and, and affect or any situations that really stand out in your in your mind? Oh, absolutely. And especially since we kind of started to get our feet wet with metformin, it would definitely be diabe diabetic patients because type 2 diabetes is especially impacted by diet and exercise. Um, and again, this comes from a, a lot of different places in that Someone could be newly diagnosed. They might have pre-diabetes. They might have long-standing diabetes. Mm -hmm. um, so it really varies patient to patient. But the most common thing that I hear is, you know, I want to get this under control. Like I'm getting scared of insulin or I don't want to be taking these two big metformin tablets a day. And, and that's the key is they have to want it, right? So there are some patients that are fine taking pills and it doesn't bother them. But there are patients that want to take control of their health. They want to do what they can to improve the control they have over their own lives. And that's where the opportunity lies, is a patient that is aware and wants help. Because just like with smoking cessation that we're trained in with motivational interviewing, um, the trans-theoretical model of change, if someone is you know, pre-contemplative and you're trying to tell them like, oh, you have to do resistance training two to three days a week, and do aerobics uh, 150 minutes a week, like they're not going to listen because they have no, no intention to do that. Right. But if a patient comes in and like, hey, like I really want to get started, but I have no clue where to start, that's where you can have a conversation. That's where you can start to ask some questions to see you know, where they are in their process so that you can meet them where they're at. Yeah. And I like that you brought up the whole 150 minutes and, and the resist the two or three days of resistance workouts. Um, those are obviously the standards that the American Diabetes Association puts out there. And this I think this kind of segues really well into because we're I try to talk about evidence based medicine during the podcast and something that I personally use all the time 
is the data from the DARE trial. So like you said, when you have a patient and you expect that if they've lived a sedentary lifestyle for a long time, the odds of them being super pumped up about working out are pretty slim. So if they come in and their A1C is, let's say, an 8, and they, they know their goal is a 7, they don't want to be on insulin, they don't want to be on other medications, and I show, I'll show i actually show them the D.A.R.E. trial. People do like the term study. I know that mm-hmm. people yeah. think that yep. clinical trials are too above head, you know, their heads and stuff, but when you see a thing on Facebook saying, there was a study that proves the flu vaccine gives you... Uh, some kind of disease and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like people automatically, my mom will forward to me that stuff. And like, oops, <laughs> was this true or not? No, it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> it was on the onion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I peeled all the layers. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so like, if you think, you know, people do like that term. And so one of the things that I do, like with the patients that I work with, you know, I spend a lot of time with diabetes patients in particular. And one of the things that I'll, I'll say is, okay, Here's the study that was done. They took patients that had aerobic workouts. They took a patient that had resistance workouts. And they took a patient that had the combination of the two. And they had a control group that talked about diet and stuff, but they didn't have have them do any kind of workout. Then they they compared them. And they saw a about a 0.5, uh, 0.4, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. um, reduction in A1C with the aerobic group. They saw about a 0.2, 0.3 reduction in A1C with the resistance group. But then when you look at the group that did the two together, they actually had a, re- a reduction in A1C of a little over 0.9. It's almost a full percentage point with just the two aerobic and resistance working together. And when you present that data to patients, I feel like that's a huge like eye-opening moment where, okay, I can drop from an 8 to a 7 and my doctor would say, okay, you're good to go. Now you're at goal just from adding these workouts. Yeah. I feel like that's a huge benefit. And other than saying, this is what you have to do. Here's your 150 minutes. I'm wearing a white coat, so I'm in charge. You do that. Yeah. And I mean, if you can say, Hey, you're on metformin, we could add on another medication with potential side effects. Mm. You might have to inject who knows, or you could change your lifestyle. You don't have to take another pill or use an injection and it'll get you about as much benefit in terms of A1C lowering as one of those medications, I think that's pretty powerful. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Most of the diet, now some of them are more effective than 1%, but most of the diabetic oral medications have an impact of about 1% on A1C. So, I mean, that would save them time. That would save them avoiding side effects. Um, and they'll feel a lot better. They'll have a lot more benefit rather than you know just the A1C lowering, which does have benefit in itself. But I'm talking more of the physical benefits mm-hmm. that exercise has. Um, but yeah, I think that's great that you pointed out combining, um, cardio with the resistance exercise as effective, but again, it's an individual approach. So if you have someone that's morbidly obese, okay. And they haven't been active for a while, you're not going to be like, Oh, let's go. It's, it's international chest day. Let's put up those three plates, bro. Like it's not going to work. Yeah. It's Monday. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think then about like resistance bands or, maybe like us like Pilates balls or something like that. As far as resistance, have you had much experience with things like that in patients that have limited mobility or or anything like that? So it depends again um, on their individual history. If they have previous conditions, if they have injuries, uh, what their range of motion is and so forth. But uh, especially for seniors, they're very, you know, uh, scared because they might have osteoporosis. 
Um, they haven't been in the gym for a while, and it's an intimidating place, even for a young college person that mm-hmm. freak goes to the gym every now and then. It can be an intimidating place, and it's actually a fact that 86% of people in the United States have no interest in going to a gym, but that's where we tell them to go. So why do you think a lot of people don't do anything? There's a reason. So you don't have to have an expensive gym membership. You don't have to go to these clubs. You don't have to train for a bodybuilding show. The most effective way, so there is actually a study that's been going on since the early 90s, I believe 1994, called the National Weight Control Loss Registry. And they track people who have lost weight and kept it off for a sustained period of time, okay? The number one activity they do that results in their success is walking. It's that simple. It's effective, and it's proven through research. So it's it's very simple. So that's not, you were talking about resistance training. This is more aerobics. Um, but with resistance, um, you can do bands, okay? You can do light weights. Uh, again, I would highly recommend getting a certified personal trainer. It's an individualized approach. Disclaimer, disclaimer. But if you're a senior with limited mobility or you're at risk for injury and you have access to this because most gyms do, an excellent approach would actually be water aerobics. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. good point. So that doesn't weight do any weight bearing things on the joints. Um, you won't like drop the weight or anything. Um, and it's a group environment. So you have support. You have an, not a lot of times an instructor and it's a class-based environment. So you don't have to feel like you're singled out or anything like that. Um, but it, it's a great way for not just seniors, but anyone that's looking to get started and they're a little intimidated uh, about, you know, getting their feet wet, pun, pun, um, <laughs> to do water aerobics. It's a great way to get introduced to that, to add that benefit of the resistance training. So it seems like the, the biggest takeaway from that is if you're in the clinic and you have a newly diagnosed patient with diabetes or prediabetes, and you're trying to decide, okay, where do I go as far as lifestyle changes? Where do I go as far as exercise? You need to figure out what have you been doing? Are you living a sedentary lifestyle? Do you go to the gym once a week? Do you go to the gym five times a week and just kind of say, okay, so how can we augment that a little bit and increase it before our next visit and see where you can benefit um, right now and where can we take you? Yes, exactly. Um, and going back, it's, it's an individualized approach and that's what's so important. Um, a lot of you know people on Instagram or celebrities or whatever you want to call them um, that have this huge following, they're like, oh, buy my program, but they don't really get to know you or your history, your goals. It's, you know, give me the money, copy, paste, send, done. Like you're a client, like send me your photos and what, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, they don't really care. It's a product based. So that's what the fit pharmacist is so unique because it really looks at the patient as an individual. Again, I'm, I'm in the people business. I'm not in the product business. I care what their goals are. I care where they're looking to go. And in order to make that successful, I need to learn about them. What have been their setbacks in the past? What are their goals in the future? What have they tried where they fell short? What did they not like? Some people love phone calls. Other people say, why'd you call me when you can text? (laughs) So it's really a preference, right? And it's just down to that. But, you know, communication has a huge part, history, goals, all of those factors really make an impact. Yeah. So, Cole, you actually, you brought up pre-diabetes as yeah. well. So, we'll stay on this kick. And I think the reason I'm on this kick is because the new uh, updated 2018 
Um, ADA guidelines just came out recently, and so we were reading through some of those. But uh, pre-diabetes, do we have any studies that have looked at pre-diabetes and uh, in, in preventing going out into full-on type 2 diabetes? Yeah, so again, the, the ADA guidelines are, as they always do, emphasizing lifestyle changes. If your A1C is less than 9, doing lifestyle changes plus metformin, and that's where you're going to go ahead and start, and you can definitely see benefit from that. But before that, before you're diagnosed, there is a study from the late 90s, I believe, called the Diabetes Prevention Program, and they basically took patients and compared an intensive lifestyle regimen uh, versus metformin plus a standard lifestyle regimen versus placebo and a standard lifestyle regimen to see uh, which would be better in preventing the progression to diabetes. Um, and basically, it was intensive lifestyle was better than metformin or placebo in, prevent, in, in uh, delaying progression to diabetes. Uh, it also had increased weight loss. Uh, metformin did delay and had weight loss, but just not as uh, much as intensive lifestyle. I believe um, the intensive lifestyle therapy showed about a 58% decrease or delay to diabetes over a 2.8-year follow-up. Um, while metformin was about 31% compared to placebo. So there is some good data saying, hey, if we really um, follow up with you, if we get you on a good exercise regimen, because that was one of the main points of this trial, was when in the intensive arm, uh, patients were very closely followed up. I think in 26 weeks, they met with someone like 14 times. So a lot of follow-up is very important and could potentially delay you uh, getting diabetes and hopefully down the road delay some sort of cardiac event and mortality. And, and the groups that showed the most benefit with metformin um, were the patients that were aged 25 to 44. Uh, those are the ones that, that seemed to, to tolerate the metformin the best and to get the most benefit out of it. And patients that had a BMI of 35 or higher. So patients that were obviously um, morbidly obese we were uh, we were having more benefit with with metformin, and so this kind of goes back into what Adam was saying, um, where we need to take a patient specific approach. You know, you may have a patient who who is very has lived a sedentary lifestyle, has no no desire to work out or anything like that. Um, in that particular patient's case, you know, we can encourage them to work out. We can encourage them to have, to eat better diet. Um, but in that particular occasion, maybe we do need to use metformin and actually go to a medication um, and to see that to see that benefit. So I, I like that mindset of a very individualized approach and not just treating everyone as if they're like one group, but actually going and specifically treating that patient that's sitting in front of you and, and helping them in particular. Right, because this the study did have very specific parameters of a goal of like seven percent weight loss over a period of time with uh, greater than one hundred and fifty minutes per week of moderate to vigorous exercise, which we realize that not all patients are going to be able to do. Um, but you got to meet them where they at. They also did cost benefit analysis in this trial to say that intensive therapy and metformin were both cost effective, even with all of the follow up that was required in that intensive arm. Um, so for insurances to cover it, it potentially could be worth it long term because you're not having to start on other diabetes medica medications, um, uh, glucose strips and meters and things like that that they're having to pay for. So delaying it a few years is good in that sense, too. And to that point, like you can even reassure the patient 
you know, that a lot of times people are scared because they, you know, hear about dangerous side effects and all this stuff. But first line therapy, metformin, of all the medications there are, which other medication has positive side effects like like metformin does, right? So yes, there's side effects, but they're good. So it actually has a positive benefit on their health, right? So even if, quote, worst case scenario, you have to start a prescription, it's really jumpstarting that. It's really kind of compounding your success with lifestyle being diet and nutrition, or uh, diet and exercise, excuse me. Um, but adding that medication is gonna only help them further, right? So there's a lot of benefit to that, should that be an option. So it's kind of a win-win. As long as they take action, that's the key. Because if they don't do anything, then they're gonna be down the road so far that they're gonna be starting on two, three medications, insulin, and so forth. Um, but that's just something to keep in mind to tell patients. You know, it is medication, and a lot of times, you know, the instant inclination is, oh my God, I don't wanna take it, side effects. But again, as pharmacists, we have that value of counseling them, right? And then also titrating on, uh, you know, if the doctor writes, you know, a thousand milligrams twice a day, and you have a conversation, they've never taken it before, you're gonna have an intervention, right? Because they're gonna have, you know, diarrhea, upset stomach, and then they're not gonna take it because they're just gonna think, oh, this causes this, so I'm not gonna take it. And then they're not gonna tell anyone because they're either embarrassed or scared that the doctor will say, suck it up and do it anyway, which is not true. But again, that's where lack of communication can cause problems. And it's also where the role of the pharmacist really can step in. We can say, you know, let me tell your doctor, really should be, you know, 500 milligrams daily for a week then go up to twice a day, and so forth, depending on the patient. Yeah, make sure you take it with food, all the things. You could consider the extended release, all the things we know exactly. to tell patients to to prevent that diarrhea. And specifically to those positive side effects, I think there was a, in this DPP um, study, there was 2.1 kilograms of weight loss in the metformin group, which is good, um, but there was 5.6 kilograms of weight loss in the intensive lifestyle therapy group. So while both of those are positive, it does demonstrate um, the importance of changing the lifestyle and, you know, depending on the patient, maybe really getting a good legitimate regimen going with them. So what's, what's next for you, Adam? Where do you, where do you go from here? What's your, what's your future look like? What are your goals for the short term and long term? Oh man, you got to take over the world, right? <laughs> That's right. Right, pinky brain. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, it's really exciting uh, and it's really inspiring actually that I started this a few years ago and it's attracted other people in the profession that are on the same mission or on the same path. And while the Fit Pharmacist started as really just an Instagram handle, um, it's become a movement and my, I guess you could call, second identity. Um, I'm called the Fit Pharmacist, but that's not what the Fit Pharmacist is. It's a mindset, it's a movement in the profession of pharmacy to lead by example so that we can better impact and change the lives of patients in a better way. So along this journey, I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of pharmacists. Um, and if you check out my Instagram on, uh, it's at the Fit Pharmacist, you can see every Friday, um, I've been consistently doing this for I think 10 months now, um, where I have you know had the honor of pharmacists just reaching out saying like, you know, I love this approach. Um, I'm trying to like take control of my health so I can better impact and serve my patients and just having them share their story. And through this process, it's really created an awesome community to the point where when I do post an article, all the other people without even prompting them join in and it's created this camaraderie. 
Um, and it's really an awesome movement in the profession because people want more. They, they don't just want to clock in. They don't just want to, you know, quote, do the job. They want to really have impact in patients' lives. And, and that's the other thing that we're doing at The Fit Pharmacist is as we've done this for several years with success and continued growth, um, we're helping other pharmacists and pharmacy students to set this up in creating their health coaching business. Um, and this has really become a focus um, of what I do in The Fit Pharmacist. Uh, so it really does offer a platform to help other pharmacists get their feet wet, get started, get the groundwork and get the support to make it a success it's not easy you're starting you're starting a niche that doesn't exist or is in its infancy right so there's not really a model to to frame that after but that's what we've created um at the fit pharmacist really working through this to help foster that growth and you know as we're kind of wrapping things up too i i do want to take a minute to this is totally off subject but i think it's important especially if there's any students or anybody uh, looking to kind of jump into a second side hustle, if you will, you know, this is, this is not Adam's full-time job. So he, he is a pharmacist. He, he works full-time as a pharmacist and then does this on the side. So that's one thing I'm always fascinated about is people who are willing to have a passion and then go after it after hours because everybody talks about, Oh, well, there's not enough time to do this. There's not enough time to do that. I really would love to do this, but I, you know, I have to work and I have to do this. Everybody has responsibilities, and and Adam's somebody that I, I really admire because he he goes after it, and he doesn't matter if if he's already worked that week or has put in a lot of hours. He's he's gonna do what he needs to do on the side to make sure that his fit pharmacist um, company will will continue to to grow. And, you know, when we were talking over, we met over Instagram and we, we collaborated on a few things. And he was one of the first people really, um, when I put Core Console RX on, on Instagram, he was one of the first people to kind of give me the spotlight, if you will. And like, I had like a hundred followers at the time and he like, let me write a blog that he, that he put out there and, and gave me some exposure. Um, so we've, and ever since then, you know, we've talked and collaborated on a few different projects. And when we were talking, uh, not too long ago about, him coming down to Charleston and like meeting face to face. My first thought was like, okay, well maybe like the summer or like a few months out, like, <laughs> you know, that, that just the typical when somebody says that, you know, Hey, I'm going to buy a plane ticket and fly across the country or down. The do co- it later. Yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, right. we'll do it someday. He was like, someday, what? Someday, <laughs> one day, somehow, some way. <laughs> he, he said, he's, he said, I was like, well, what are you thinking? Like a few months, like the summer, he goes, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> and it like literally had the plane ticket bought and was in sitting in my living room now. So it's, it's pretty crazy that, you know, he, he's, he's pulls the trigger. He's ready to go. And, and it's awesome to see someone with, with that much ambition. So if, if you are a student, if, if you're looking to explore in some different spaces, or if you're worried about not having enough time, I would strongly encourage you to, to check out what Adam's doing, see how he, he gets down and reach out to him. Awesome. So, started on the gram and now we, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the way up. I appreciate the kind words, man. Um, that really means a lot because you're someone I look up to. I mean, I'm going to challenge you on that side hustle. So that's like, well, when I have time or in, in the afternoon, but, but, but is it, is it when you have time? Like, aren't you thinking about it all the time though? Cause it's a passion and that's what makes it successful is it might seem like a side hustle, but you know, getting up before you go to work and you do this too. You work more hours than I do and you put a ton of time. Like you've got passion that I have not seen, which is why we get along so well. 
one of the reasons. That and we're both dorks and we like sushi. But <laughs> your haircut's uh, nicer than mine. Well, <laughs> I had to be fresh, fresh. <laughs> I had to get that new new. <laughs> Um, but no, is it a side hustle though? That's a question I want to ask you guys. Like, is it just something you think about from time to time or is it something you think about every day when you're at work? Could I be doing more? Could I be impacting patients' lives more? Am I, do I feel like I'm just like counting or am I having deep conversations? Am I having that individualized approach with people to help them get their nutrition in order? So that's the question. Like if it's more than just a thought every now and then, but something that you were really hungry after and something that you want to do and make an impact with your life, give me a call. <laughs> so how, how can people reach you? What's the best way? All right, so I'm at thefitpharmacist.com. That's our website. You can reach me on Instagram, at thefitpharmacist, or you can reach me on email, thefitpharmacist, at thedietdoc.com. Awesome. How do you like Charleston? Dude, Charleston's amazing. I've been coming <laughs> here every year since I was a toddler. So whenever I come down here, because I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh up north, so when I was telling Mike, whenever I come down here, I see BB&T, Waffle House, <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. I feel like I'm back at home. <laughs> I've never lived down here, but I just feel like I have because I've been coming so long. But, I mean, the people down here are so amazingly nice, just so friendly. I mean, dude on Instagram was like, dude, come sleep over. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Cole, you got anything else you want to close up with? Uh, no, I think we covered it all. Got nothing. Well, we didn't cover it all. Where's the core consult going? There you go. Oh, man. Core consults. It's going here, there, and everywhere. So, we'll, uh, you know, the, the podcasting is just the beginning. Obviously, we are both going to be going hard on Alexa. Um, so, if you're not on Amazon, uh, check out my flash briefing. It's pretty rad. And I definitely encourage you to, uh, if you are looking to do some more like outreach as a healthcare professional, please, please, please look at Amazon Alexa as a potential avenue to, to go down. Um, it's going to be really big in the next couple of years. And there is so much land to grab right now because nobody's on it. So I would encourage you uh, to do that if you have any inclination of any entrepreneurial type tendencies as a healthcare professional. Um, but awesome. I know uh, that's, that's going to be huge. So, yeah, I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being on this amazing show and all the smiles. Yes. Yes. And as, as long as we're plugging, be sure to check out coreconsultrx.com. We got a handy search bar. Type in D-A-R-E, D.A.R.E. Mike's got a nice little video going over the D.A.R.E. trial. Get a little more information than uh, we gave you today, too. So. <laughs> awesome. I forgot, I forgot about that. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thank and, you, uh, guys. Thank you all for listening at home or in the car or wherever you may be, and we'll see you guys next time.